0: Welcome to Women with an f Up Mind, a podcast by women, for women, and yes, men, we see you too. I'm your host, Miss J, and we're about raising awareness for sexual assault, sexual harassment, domestic violence, and the lack of mental health help in our military. I hope you guys are ready because we're not about just raising awareness. We're also about doing the damn thing. So let's go. Happy Wednesday ladies and gentlemen and today we have a special guest. Her name is Stephanie and she is the founder of the Eyes Right Foundation. She is also, also, wow, so I have a podcast and I'll be able to speak English. Um, She is also (laughs) a Marine Corps veteran and she is a sexual assault survivor and I want to give her an even more of a shout out because Stephanie has been our number one supporter literally from the beginning and That's, you know, why I gifted her with one of our support t-shirts, because she literally, you know, I didn't expect people to actually listen, to actually follow this page. And today, we actually hit our 250th follower, so that's good. Yeah. So, that's why Stephanie is very near and dear to my heart, because like I said, she's been with us, you know, we haven't been in this long, but she has been with us since the beginning. So, Welcome. Thank you, thank you. So, might as well just, you know, hit the ground running on this. Um, Like I said, Stephanie is a sexual assault survivor. So, like I said, about, okay, so when were you in the Marine Corps?
1: Um, I enlisted in 2001, shortly after 9-11. I was medically separated by two thousand and three i believe
0: and why was that well
1: <laughs> you know back in back in the day when you would report sexual assault uh, their first response was to typically put the victim out on like some type of discharge whether it's like personality whether it's um, an adjustment discharge, something along those lines, um, they would try to put you out because you didn't keep your mouth shut.
0: So with that being said, you know, there was no support system. I'm assuming, you know, when you did try to report.
1: Um, You know, you're right. There really wasn't. Um, I did report and... I actually got yelled at by my female gunny and she told me, you know, like I was basically ruining my career. And um, that was that everybody in the unit started to ostracize me and kind of retaliate against me because I didn't keep my mouth shut. And then, you know, things would ramp up and, you know, they would, Make se- sexual harassment comments and just all kinds of stuff it was it was terrible
0: now, may I ask was you know you're the person was he a friend was he somebody that you know you just worked with was this somebody higher up like what was your relation to this person
1: He, he was my n t o actually
0: oh Jesus,
1: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was that. (laughs) it, It seems like so many of the times, you know, especially these hardcore repeat predators, that's what they do. They get, you know, a little bit of rank on them so they can start telling people what to do. And then they turn around and use that rank to prey on junior enlisted or people who are not in a position, I guess, of authority like they are.
0: And I couldn't imagine, you know, during your time of serving like the core that everybody talks about the new core and the old core, but like even during your time, like it was a, (laughs) it was a different core. It was a different time. And so I couldn't imagine, you know, the mindset of most people then. It, It really, it really was a different time because back then we didn't even have
1: like a legitimate way to report like we have now. That's one of the things that, you know, I fought for along with, you know, other organizations like PRD, um, well, for those who don't know, protect, protect, our defenders, you know, I fought with that along with them and several other organizations because there wasn't even a legitimate way to report. Like there was no restricted or non-restricted. It was, you go to your NCO and you tell them, you know, I've been assaulted. Well, then for somebody like me, huh? <laughs> what happens when that's the person who attacked you that's insane
0: and i will say like that we have gotten better on our policies because like you said there are you know they have the restricted they have the unrestricted you know you have your uniform victim advocate you've got sapper sharp whatever the branch is like you've got all these different policies but even then like how are they actually we have policies you know put into place but even to this day with the policies it's not <laughs> it, it's not put into place like it's not acted on it's there in writing It's are on a piece of paper but the ratio of it actually being a thing and actually making shit happen is very few and far between so that was gonna be one of my questions though because one of the things that you know we're real big on right now is like when you hit the fleet or whatever, were you even, you know, told about resources or did you have classes, you know, how they do the death by PowerPoint when it comes to SAP or whatever, all all this stuff. So, like you said you guys didn't even have any of that then?
1: No, we had none of that. I never once, like, took any type of sexual harassment class or any of that. That's, that was another one of the things that we really pushed for, You know, for the sharp and for the classes and for, you know, advocates to come out and speak, you know, to the sharp or the other branches, whatever they call them. Um, That was one of the things that we really pushed for because we didn't have, I didn't have any of that coming up. It was, you know, you go, you go through your chain of command and whoever's directly in charge of you, that's who you're supposed to go and tell. So then, you know, you get into that situation of, well, that's the person. So now do I jump the line and go around or how am I going to do this? And it's all going to blow up in my face and just, you know, turn into this big mess. And it's really, it was a scary process back then. I mean, it's still scary now, but at least now you have like a laid out like guideline of what you could do because no girl back then we didn't even have like victims rights. That was, like, non-existent. None of that was existent. Hmm.
0: So with that, you know, not having those resources or having really anything at all, how long did it, like, did you try to report it, like, the next day? Because, like, everybody's situation is different. So taking the time to be able to report it, but did you, like, come straight out with trying to report it, or, like, how long did it take you? you know, to process it to, you know, realize like what the fuck yeah, well, yeah, in my situation
1: I did. Um I was actually out in town and um it happened out in town. And um I took a cab back to the barracks. Um and I went directly to to my female gunny. I think she was on duty that night as it were. And I just, I told her and she sent me down like back to my barracks room. And I ended up having to stay there the whole weekend. And and then come Monday morning, that's, that's when shit went down. (laughs) So um, there wasn't really a support, support system. You know, like I had my roommates and other female Marines that I was around and the majority of them supported me but that, that was it. It wasn't like, um, I had a lot of, there was no support going up the chain. It it was automatically victim blaming me. You know, what did I do wrong? You know, how was I dressed? Did I drink? You know, just all this stuff that it it shouldn't matter any of that, but for some reason, you know, it always does.
0: Uh, Yeah. And it's still, I mean, it doesn't matter what, you know generation or what's going on like the victim blaming is still so you know so alive and so a thing and I'm that's one thing we're trying to you know move away from that so much of the victim blaming because what I wear like we've said in the last like one of the episodes that I did with our first guy like he made a good point he's like if somebody has the mindset that the way they do it doesn't matter if you're in a bomb suit or a trash bag or even a potato sack like they're going to do some fuck shit. They're going to do some fuck shit regardless of what you're wearing. So I've never understood why the first thing that comes out of people's mouth is, well, what were you wearing? Like, that shouldn't provoke you to fucking, ooh, my shoulder's showing. Cool, let's go. That's me asking for it. Like, that's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard Exactly.
1: Of. It is. And it's insulting on top of that. Because why did I have to do anything wrong? in order for this to happen
0: right like my me being feminine embracing myself you know as a woman i shouldn't have to desexualize myself because you can't control yourself exactly and then but it- here's the one, nothing i don't get like i i am 100 percent aware that men go through the same same thing and it's even less reported and it's even less talked about but at the same time are you gonna ask him oh what were you wearing probably was wearing some cargo shorts and a t-shirt with a band like Metallica or something on it. Right. Like, exactly. Be real. <laughs> <laughs> and,
1: and that's, that's a very good point because no, you know, they don't ever ask the mills, you know, well, what were you wearing? Were you drinking? They don't ask them that. And, and I mean, I understand, you know, especially in my position, I do work with mills sometimes too. Mm-hmm. Um, They are victim blamed a lot more than we are, but it's never about what were you wearing and were you drinking? It, it usually more centers around for them. Why didn't you fight back?
0: Really interesting. I haven't heard, so I haven't really talked to like heard a lot of like that specifically. I haven't been able to speak with guys, you know, about their victim blaming or anything like that. So, but that's an interesting take on that. And it, and it goes back to like the stigma of, well, if a woman's sleeping around, she's a whore. But if a guy's doing it, he's a legend. Like, exactly. It's just like, the stigmas are so ridiculous that I I hate them. I hate the stigma. It's like we all have our issues. We all, not issues. I don't like saying the word issues. But we all have our problems. We all go through things. So why is it what's in between our legs dictate how I look, how I treat you, what questions. And at the end of the day, it should always be, hey, I give a shit, what's going on? You want to go do something or like to distract that person or just like, like I always say, giving a shit, like it shouldn't matter whether it's a male or female, you know, it's always the victim blaming that everybody turns to. And I just never understood that mindset.
1: Me either. And I don't like it. No, absolutely not.
0: So with, you know, With that situation and, you know, dealing with not having, like, the proper resources and, you know, the proper ways to handle it, how, um, did you have, like, coping mechanisms? Like, how did you get through this? Like, I know you said you had other female Marines, but, like, how did you, like, on a personal mental level, because you didn't have the resources for this, I can't imagine how mental health resources were as well.
1: Oh, no, I didn't have that then, but what I personally did was I treated it like a nine-to-five job, and I, I understand, you know, like, a lot of people can't do that, but I lived off base, mm. and um, actually, that's a whole other story. I almost got NJP'd over not living in the barracks.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I kept having issues in the barracks. And, you know, like, I don't really want to get into detail how they would do it because I don't want to give anybody any ideas. Mm -hmm. But they would, like, you know, break into the females' rooms at night while they were sleeping. And about the second time that happened to me, I was like, fuck this shit. I've had enough. You can't pay me enough to stay here. I don't give a shit. No.
0: You know what's crazy is that that's still an issue. I don't know if you listened to that episode, but I think it was a couple episodes ago, but my friend who, like, we just FaceTime every day. Like, we work together, but we still, like, we work in different sections, you know, of our unit, and we'll just randomly FaceTime each other, and she called me during chow, freaking the fuck out. Like, this is broad daylight, and I was like, bro, what the, what is going on? And somebody had literally broke into her room who didn't even live in that same barracks didn't wasn't even a part of our unit he was a another marine that was on restriction and lived two barracks buildings over and he said he straight up said he was trying to find a door that was unlocked and broke into her room what the hell yeah so that's very much still an issue you know, <laughs> it's it's quite fucking ridiculous. Like, and this isn't an uncommon issue. One of my friends, too, when we first hit the fleet together, we were in a different barracks than our actual unit because they didn't have a room for us yet. So I hadn't stayed there that night because um, at the time I was seeing my now ex-boyfriend, besides Point. But sh- somebody literally tried to break in through her window. Oh, my our gosh. Our first, like, month there. Like, it was fucking insane.
1: That is insane. Like, I had hoped, you know, that that would change, you know, as time went on. But it sounds like not a lot there has changed.
0: No. But so you didn't really have, like, so you just kind of, like, swallowed the pill and just moved on? Or how did, like, how did what was the aftermath of you having to deal with what you had to deal with?
1: Well, going back to that, I I treated it a lot like it was a nine to five. So, you know, as long as I could go home, you know, off base every day, that was like my oasis. And then that's when I could be like a civilian, you know, talk to my neighbors and just act like, you know, I was just the girl next door and I could, I guess, effectively um, not have to confront what I had been through each day, you know each day something different and new was happening and it you know usually wasn't very good. But as long as I could go home at the end of the day, it was like you know, I could just wash that away and and go back and confront it again the next day when I would go back.
0: I understand that more than probably anyone else because that's literally me. <laughs> I thought you might. <laughs> yeah, that's that. Uh, no, I 100% understand exactly where you're coming from. Because that moment, you drive through those gates, to get off base, you're like, oh, "Okay, that's uh, freedom. yeah." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, with you know this situation, how did you turn? How did you turn it around? That's I'm assuming where isolation came from. So, how did? How did this, you know, turn, what made you say, you know, it's crazy, I have a podcast and, you know, English, like I said, sometimes just (laughs) isn't my first language.
1: (laughs) That's okay.
0: (laughs) So, how did, you know, what was the moment where you were like, okay, fuck this shit, I'm gonna do something, you know, that makes a difference, I'm gonna do something to change shit, because this is bullshit. (laughs) Well, you know, that's,
1: that's interesting because when I drove off base for the last time as an active duty Marine, you know, I started to cry and I mean, just tears were just streaming down my face, but it was tears of joy and relief because in that moment I knew that I had survived and I was going to live. I was going to make it like, you know, I went through some pretty deep, dark shit. And I just leave it at that. So like, you know, it was like that burden came up off my shoulders. Well, then from there, after, you know, it finally sunk in that, that I I was going to be okay. I had to start to deal with anger because I just, I was so angry all the time because how dare you do this to me and put me through this? Like, you know, and you know, all the while, you know how brains are. They tell you, you know, you're the shit bag. You're the problem. It's you, you, you. So all the while, I'm trying to reconcile the fact that, you know, I, I feel like because they have told me so much that I'm a shit bag, that, then there must really be something wrong with me. So I had to seek out a civilian therapist and I spent a lot of time in her chair a lot (laughs) um but she helped me to be able to get to a point that I realized you know no it's not me I'm not fucked up you're fucked up absolutely so then we get to about 2011 and because see a lot of time for the longest time I thought that it was just me I didn't realize that it was so widespread. And I didn't know how many other survivors there were. So then about 2011 rolls around, and, you know, it starts, a lot of my other veteran friends start talking about um, they were going to start telling stories of all the survivors and just start telling them in the press. And, you know, the press did start to pick them up one after the other. And that's when I decided, oh my gosh, you know, I'm not the only one and there's thousands of other Mm -hmm. people like me that are in the same boat as me that have had this wrong done to them. And that's, that's how it started.
0: Um, before we kick off also more depth, um I meant to ask you with um the person that did this to you, I'm gonna assume nothing was done to him.
1: No. He just <laughs> got to retire like last year with full benefits.
0: Oh my <laughs> Yeah.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that that was like an anger thing that I had to work through because it's just like, I don't want to say unfair, even though it is incredibly unfair because, you know, life is unfair. So then I went with, that's just, it's injustice.
0: Yep. Absolutely. And like, that's literally what I'm fighting with right now, because, you know, Here I am dealing with my situation and you know he gets to go start a new life, a new house, new people, new everything, still continue, you know, in his career. And but he gets to start all over. You know, we we
1: we as females, we are not afforded that. Nope. Because you know, like there's the whole issue of Marines United, well, they say, Oh well, we got that taken care of. Well, no, you didn't really. It still goes on. You just... Nobody's openly talking about it anymore. Yep. (laughs) We're calling it specifically Marines United.
0: Right. So, let's go back into a lighter subject. And part of the reason why I'm bringing you on, you know, you are a survivor. But the beauty of it is is that I want to make light is that you took this, even through your, you know, your battles... And you turned it into, like, you did the damn thing. You're turning it into something, you know, to do better, to do things for other people as well. You didn't let it just, you know, completely eat you away. You're, you're, you're trying to make a difference. And that's where, you know, the Eyes Right Foundation into it comes into play. So would you like to elaborate on that? Um, what do you want to know about it? (laughs) So what, what is, so I want you to explain in your words, what exactly Eyes Right Foundation, you know, why did you start? What is your motive, like your mission? You know, as Marines, we always have a mission. So (laughs) what is your, you know, what was the goal and what is like, what is the purpose for Eyes Right Foundation? Well, what, I'm, what
1: I mostly do with Eyes Right is um, I go in, you know, like for there for a while, um, we, we couldn't get any type of legislation passed, even though we pushed for it and we pushed for it, we just couldn't. So what I would do is I would go in and have meetings, negotiations, with the high-ups of DOD. And I would negotiate, and I still do, I, anyways, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I would negotiate for things like, um, let's say, like, retaliation. It got added to the UCMJ. Um, Before that, there wasn't any type of article that would protect about retaliation so i go in and i negotiate for what i call like military rights because i couldn't or none of us really could get any legislation to really you know get a grip and go so then i'm i'm stuck with okay i still have the situation i still have all these people that are dependent on me and other organizations to make a difference, to help them, you know, to protect them. So how am I going to be able to achieve this when I can't get legislation through? So now it's, I'm going to suck it the fuck up and I'm going to go deal with these people that I don't really want to deal with, but I'm going to because overall it's going to affect everyone for the better, except for the perps they're not going to like it, but everybody (laughs) else will.
0: (laughs) No. And I think that's extremely important because, and that's why I wanted to bring light to it because you are trying to make a difference for those, you know, people in the past, we can't, you know, there's nothing that we can do about the past, but we can make it for a better future. And that's what we're about. And that's why, you know, we're happy to have you a part of us and, you know, Being a part of the support system and why we, you know, the moment we found out about you and what you've been doing and what you're trying to do, like if you haven't already looked at my link tree, the, actually the link for it for the Eyes Right Foundation has actually been in there and was the first link um, we added to it even before our own podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I
1: did notice that and on (laughs) that note I want to tell you that I additionally I I love you and I love your show (laughs) and I am honored to help promote you because I fully support you know, what your mission is. And you know, it's like I've told you before, I can get on board with that and I can I can get behind that. So, you know, I, I do. I have your six on that. And on that note, I also want you to know the wonderful shirt you sent me. I wear <laughs> it all
0: the time now. <laughs> I love it. You know, and I love you so much. And it's it's been like a lot has happened. You know, I haven't promoted everything. But, you know, a lot is happening. A lot of good things are happening because I'm like I said, our motives really change to, you know, we're not about just spreading the awareness. We're about doing the damn thing and ruffling all the feathers that we can because that that's what needs to be done. People need to be the, the right type of people need to be made uncomfortable because it's not just about spreading the message. It's not about seeing, you know, the statistics because everybody sees it. And we're trying to make sure that we're not just that same bubble, same conversation that we've been having for so many years and we're just doing the damn thing. And that's why we support people like you, because you are trying to make a difference. Like we support the people that absolutely support the cause, like obviously, but it takes people and it takes balls, you know, and guts to actually fucking, you know, go head first into it and
1: do it that that's 100% true because i can't tell you how many times that i have i guess essentially put myself in uncomfortable situations because it's not just uncomfortable for them i mean it's uncomfortable for me too but for me and, and like for you what you're doing at your podcast is we have this innate ability to see the big picture and so while we may be here at point a we know where point C is going to lead to. And that's where we're headed.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, it's not just about, you know, changing, you know, we're and it's all different spectrums. And like I was telling you earlier, we're partnering with other podcasts and, you know, putting out our own platforms. And I think that's a really big thing, you know, having you having like the enduring campaign and the podcast, like extra duty and canceled for maintenance and all these different, you know, networks to have because we all bring a different type of light to it we all doing yeah we all have the same message to an extent but we also have our same lanes to where like it's not just one little bubble it's like a spider go you know shooting out its web in all different directions
1: and I just want you to know I think it is extremely important and extremely at least to me exciting to see you starting to branch out And so I would just tell you, if you need help, you know, you can call me anytime and I will have your six whenever you need it.
0: I appreciate that. And I appreciate, you know, you coming on and just being a part of us. Like you are forever going to (laughs) be near and dear to my heart because like I said, you've been with us since, you know, the very, very beginning. I'm pretty sure you were like one of our first followers (laughs) and the first person to actually like start sharing our stuff and talking about us and whatnot and now that one I know for a fact like I think it was the first time (laughs) you shared like actually put it on your your page was one of our posts and I was like to myself I'm like Holy fuck. <laughs> Somebody actually <laughs> somebody's actually listening to me, bitch, and talk about and you know, putting what I'm putting out there like, holy shit. <laughs> but see, that's the thing I think that most people forget about, at
1: least for me, is you know, when they look at me now, they see one thing. And they don't necessarily realize that I am just one of you guys. You know, cuz I started out is just a regular enlisted person, you know? And so I've been through those same trials and tribulations and struggles as every other service woman. So, you know, I, I deeply identify, especially, you know, when I start hearing my female sisters, start talking about their tribulations because girl, I've been there too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I think that is important too. Like, you know, having that connection and, you know, not just, you know, necessarily with our service, but things that we've gone through and things that we can offer each other. And it's like, I was talking, I was on a, on a podcast his, was it yesterday. Yeah. I think it was yesterday. I don't know. All my days blend anymore. And I was a guest on their podcast and they had another guest and she actually came out for the first time in 14 years came out with her sexual assault story. Wow. Which was, yeah, I I can identify with that because for a
1: long time, like when I first initially reported, then after that, I just shut up and that was it. And there were things that were still happening to me. You know, like I was telling you, you know, like, they would break in on me in the middle of the night while I'm sleeping. So, you know, I still have all this stuff going on, but I'm not talking about it anymore. So I deeply identify with that because, you know, it took me also a a while to start talking about it again, because I just, I just wouldn't, because I, I just felt right away, you know, like, Oh, well, they're not going to believe me. They're going to criticize me. They're going to call me a liar. All the things that I had already gone through initially that were so traumatizing I I didn't want to have to relive that so I totally get waiting 14 years to say anything
0: and that's another thing that a lot of people fail to realize that like going back to that victim blaming thing I know I talked about this in one of my first episodes actually my co-host did she I mean it's like the when you first talk about it you're also reliving it because you have to sit there like every time you have a conversation about something, the same time, yeah, you're looking at a person telling the story, but in your head, you see what is going on and it just plays over and over, over in your head. And, you know, it's not easy just to talk about shit for me. Like mine wasn't a sex. like my most recent event, obviously wasn't a sexual assault. I did come out about it on, you know, streams from silence, but like, as I was telling the story, like, that episode, I had to literally record four times because I just could not keep my shit together. And yeah. I just literally, especially the first epi- the first time I recorded it, I was like, oh, my fucking God, I'm not going to be able to do this today because, like, I found out more shit that day. So I was already emotional. I was upset. And, you know, that was the day that I found out that, you know, he was getting away with it. And <laughs> but I was like, at that point. I was like, I just have to talk about this, swallow it, talk about it. And because that I had to either tell myself either, you know, deal with it, cope with it and do something about it or sit down, shut up and just let it eat at me. And. I know I briefly told you, like, before I even came out about what happened, I know I've been briefly, like, telling you, and that's how I've treated it, you know, a lot of people are just vague about it, they don't want to go into details about it, and that was one of the things you and I discussed, like, it doesn't, some people just don't like to go into detail about it, because, again, you're reliving, reliving it, and yeah, you know, talking about it, and putting out the details makes people uncomfortable, but I shouldn't have to put myself in an uncomfortable situation for you to get it through your thick skull of what the fuck's going on.
1: Exactly. And that's something else too, that they don't think about is you are, you know, you are reliving it. Like you are actually feeling it as you talk about it. Mm -hmm. And, And then on top of that, you know, all the anxiety that that brings up of having to like I guess I would call it like confronting it head on by talking about it. It brings up all that anxiety and all the emotions like you were saying that goes with it. And, you know, I, sh- you're right. I shouldn't have to, you know, in order to be believed or, or, or whatever, it should just suffice that I'm just going to say it happened. And I don't, I don't want to talk about that because you know, people need to, to recognize that it, it's bringing all that trauma back and all that trauma that you have to face right in that moment can very easily send you right down the rabbit hole, Mm -hmm. which, which then is going to mess you up for God only knows how long, because each person is different. It's just, it's not a, it's not a good place to be.
0: That girl that uh, we were talking to on the extra duty podcast, she was telling of talking about how, Somebody was like, well, why didn't you just talk to somebody, like, talking about, like, a therapist or something? And she made a really good point of why would I, after all this time, build up those, you know, those walls of resilience to fucking, you know, get rid of this and just be be me, be able to not let that take me over. And then break out this little box that, you know, I was able to just get rid of and just open it back up. because
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So it's that's another thing that I always try to preach to people is you're not like a lot of people fight with the, the fact of, well, was it my fault? Did I cause this like they blame themselves because the situation happened or, you know, they just feel some type of way because it happened to them. Because a lot of the times I know I was one of the people with that have that mindset of, well, you hear about the stories you see about it, but couldn't be me until it does become you and then you just go ahead see they
1: don't they don't think about all the ways that guys play dirty too you know so like let's say you go out and you have like a beer with you but then you know i don't know you turn your head for a minute to talk to your girlfriend and the next thing you know your one beer has now been spiked but you don't know that and you're sitting here thinking, well, I never really let it out of my sight. I didn't get up and go to the bathroom and leave it or walk off to whatever. It should be fine. And not realizing, you know, that, that just turning your head just for a split second is enough. And, and, you know, people need to understand, like, that you you can't be blamed for that because you did everything that you possibly could to ensure But even if you didn't, you know you still shouldn't be blamed because you didn't twist that guy's arm and make him put whatever in your drink or decide that he wanted to attack you or whatever the circumstance of your situation is it's it's blaming is so Uh,
0: yeah no i (laughs) feel the same exact way because i said i i will never understand the concept of it at all like just be, it's not necessary. Like, one thing I've been preaching here lately, it's like empathy over sympathy. Like, when it comes to not being able, you know, if somebody comes out about their situation, it's not, they're not looking for sympathy. Like, I just need you to know, I just need somebody, you know, to feel like somebody gives a shit. Yes. I just and need to know somebody,
1: that I'm not ahead. alone.
0: Exactly. Like, I'm not in this fight alone because, you know, wearing the, you know, wearing the uniform, that's how it should be. I shouldn't have to feel alone. I should be, you know, surrounded by the right type of people. But a lot of times that's not. I mean, there are cases, don't get me wrong, there are cases where, you know, people are supportive, people are there for the, for you. But how many, what is, you know, the percentage compared to that person feeling alone? And then not giving a shit. And a lot of times, I feel like that comes into play because people don't know how to handle it. Even if they have, you know, wives and daughters or vice versa they have husbands and sons, like it go either way. Some people just don't either haven't had the training or the education to know how to handle those situations. And that's one of the things that I really, you know, I'm sure everybody has seen, at least the listeners that I mainly have where they came out with that new reform to where it's not going to be in the command's hands anymore when dealing with the sexual assault charges.
1: I am so excited about that, actually.
0: I love that. <laughs> Girl, I, we I have to... I, I firmly yeah. believe that. And I hope, you know, what I have planned, I hope I, you know, that can get changed with domestic violence, too. <laughs> like, yeah. sure. Like, yes. But I, I think that's a huge 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 step in the right direction to make shit happen the unfortunate thing is too is that like people just aren't aren't educated because people don't take you know the annual sapper trainings serious because the people teaching it aren't taking it serious nobody takes the shit serious yeah and we have these situations and you know I know there's people that sit there in those, you know, death by PowerPoints and watch all these people not give a shit and be like, this is exactly why I'm not reporting. This is exactly why I'm not going to you, to you or to you to talk about my situations. And that's the unfortunate part where you get into, you know, the job fields where women are new. And yep. some of these guys have never worked with women before. And it's just like a whole different culture. But that's one thing I'm really hoping, you know, we can change. You know, I hope it doesn't just stop there with that reform. That's what I was getting at with talking about, you know, sexual assaults being taken out of commander's hands. I hope that's not the end of it. I hope, you know, there's a reform on how to educate people and how things, you know, because there are policies out there. There are policies, there are ways, you know, to handle the situation, but it's just a matter of taking shit serious now.
1: Yeah. And that's something that I'll tell you too, is like, you know, we started fighting for, for it to be out of the command sands in, um, I'm going to say maybe 2013. So, I mean, we've been fighting for this for a minute, for a minute, for a minute, but my point about that is so I too hope that it's going to go further, but I also have to kind of be like realistic, even while I'm being hopeful that I think it's still gonna take more time than I want to give it because the wheels at DOD turn very slowly. Yeah. I mean like look like you know we as females we've been in the Marine Court for over a hundred fucking years now. But yeah, you know a lot of the males can't they still can't accept us. <laughs> right? So then I'm sitting here thinking, well what the hell? It's already been over a hundred years how much more time exactly is it that you need to get used to the idea that we're here and not only are we here, but we're here to stay.
0: Well, and that's one of the things too, you know, as I was talking about broadening out and talking with extra duty is that we're we're trying to also end that stigma of like, like you said, women have been in for over a hundred years, but the problem is, is that, you got to teach an old dog new tricks and they can learn new tricks. That, you know, <laughs> the guys that are the, you know, everybody that's in the higher leadership were from a different era, a different time, and probably don't see that, you know, life's fucking different. Not just, you know, in regards to females, but just with everything the generation, the technology, like literally everything is so different. You know, your time in, You know, that era compared to my era, I guarantee you, is different. Girl,
1: (laughs) I have stories I can tell you exactly about that, that I'm not going to tell you on air. You just remind (laughs) me later. (laughs) Because, you know, I don't want to get myself in hot water with certain people, you know, because, like, the things I was telling you earlier about getting reforms and stuff. But, yeah, girl, I can tell you stories galore about the whole, you know, like, different generations things and how that they don't see, you know, like, what we see as, you know, it's offensive, but it wasn't offensive to them, you know, because they're from that different era.
0: Yeah, things are just... (laughs) The times are different. I mean, it's, it's, I don't even know how to explain it anymore, but it's like, all right, Kenya, do I need to shake you, you know, like a baby and tell you, hey, get with the, wake the fuck up and get with the times. Like, what else do you want me to do, bro? Like, and it's not, you know, sometimes it's not just men too. Women, you know, have that mindset that have been in for fucking years on end. There are a lot of phenomenal, you know, higher ups. I'm not saying all of them are. But there are those, you know, those few that still have that mindset. Like, I even work with one of them that he literally was like, women should not be. And he's like, he just now, he's been in, I think, for almost 15 years now. And, like, he's getting close to retirement. But he's just now started working with women two years. No, not, it's not even been two years. He got his first female last year. Or two years, yeah, it was two years ago. Two years ago, and he still is like, nah, like, nope. Like, I, I was just
1: sitting here thinking, yeah, I bet he's a lot of fun to work for. Oh,
0: yeah, it's, it's <laughs> hey, it has its days because I, yeah, it's great. But I get told all the time, like, no, females shouldn't be in, you know, especially in this field, women shouldn't be in it. And I'm like, okay, thanks for the daily reminder that, you know, Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm here and I'm yep, not I'm going anyway. I, I have to look at your face every day. You gotta look at mine too. <laughs> so <sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, so let's wrapping this up. I just, you know, wanted to bring light to someone like you who is again doing the damn thing, taking, you know, your situation and making it into something to where it's better for other people. You are trying to, and have been, you know, making a difference for women, not just, you know, spreading the quotes or the statistics, like you are, you're doing it. Like you are trying to make that difference and doing things, you know, to help people to make things better. You know, it may take, like you said, years are a little slow, but hey, you know, as long as they're still moving and things are getting done, that's the most important part is that things are getting done, even if it isn't. in you know, the most timely manner with all this, you know, technology that we have nowadays that's super speedy, whatever. <laughs> um, but well, I, and that's one of the that's yeah. one of the things, too, is
1: I also found in the course of negotiating with the higher ups, it, it occurred to me that, you know. If I start teaching the upcoming generation of military lawyers about MST and how to defend it and the types of tactics that DOD does, you know, like to put us out and things like that, then that's another way that we're going to be able to, to get that reform in also. So it still takes time, but, you know, it's a multi prong process.
0: And as long, like I said, as long as, you know, things are in a, you know, in the right direction, that's where we need to be. We need to be on the path, you know, as long as it's, it's going, that's, that's the most important part. So I want to just say, thank you for doing the damn thing. Thank you for being our biggest, our first and our, you know, our biggest supporter that we've had since day one. And I... I can't express enough how much I appreciate every bit of it, you know, and you I look forward to doing things with you more. Me too. <laughs> um, Cause I, I love, I love the energy that you have. You have the same motive as us. And I just, again, I appreciate you and I just want you to know that, that you're fucking awesome. <laughs> and I feel the same way about you.
1: And I, I, like I told you, I just, I love you. And I do, I appreciate, you know, I appreciate you a lot and I appreciate the situation that you're in. And you know, I told you, I got your six. If you ever need
0: anything, you just let me know. And I appreciate that, babe. So on that note, I hope our listeners, you know, check out Eyes Right Foundation. Like I said, it is in our link tree. It's been there since day one. Um, but yeah, check it out. There are different, there's all kinds of things on there. Um, different links on, you know, once you go to the Iris Wright Foundation website. And I hope you do check it out. And I hope you guys have a great rest of the week. <clears throat> Bye. Oh. <laughs> Women with an F up mind is not DOD affiliated or any branch of service. We are not endorsed by any of them even the ones that we serve in we're just about stating our opinions talking about the experiences and just how stating public records so i just wanted to make that clear because all we're about is making people uncomfortable ruffling as many feathers as we can and you know doing the damn thing